these gaming engines, they are getting so advanced. So of course we should do some in the enterprise environment as well. Welcome to another great episode of the podcast that Johan and I together host to give you insights on what's happening out there in the world. My name is Frank Wommers. I'm the CTO for Capgemini Europe. Hey, Johan, can you please introduce yourself as well for those who haven't heard you yet? Hey, everyone. Hi, Frank. Also, I'm Johan Halberg and I'm a CTO for DCX in the Nordic Sweden. Excellent. And that's you. And and, uh, I had the pleasure of meeting you yesterday in Stockholm when it was beautiful weather it was 20 degrees out there it still is it's blue skies and it's it's uh you know we we don't have many days with blue skies and more than 25 degrees in in the afternoon and it is today oh no take advantage of it i'm now back in the netherlands but it's it's bloody hot and tomorrow i've i have a barbecue for 30 people why do people punish themselves like this like you know never do this but never mind (laughs) never mind the reason why i was in stockholm was because i wanted to visit the aie the applied innovation exchange that you have opened and which was the subject of our previous podcast that we had with our lovely uh co-host uh today we do it with the two of us but tell me Johan. You had the opening of the Applied yes, Innovation Exchange. And it was so good. What? How was it? Yeah, Tell me. it was so good. We had uh, 120 external people coming ra- roundabout. Uh, we had different rooms all, all over the AIE area where we had different kind of demos. We also had a lot of speakers. Of course, we had Lenny here, who and also together with Olivier, so our global CTO and our, is he the COO for? Capgemini Europe, or I'm not sure really. Olivier, he's the CEO. He's the, CEO of he's oh, the he's boss. The... It's the oh, man. Yay. It's the man. Anyway, he was the winner as well when they cut the ribbon. He was fastest. He was, yeah, he really? was really engaged. Yeah, you could see it's... it in his eyes. That... Um, Anil, this... that, that's why he's a CEO. Yeah, I guess eh? it is. Anil, who is the CEO for Sweden and, and Norway, he did good as well, but he wasn't as fast as Olivier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but you know the, the people listening to 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 this podcast probably don't know all these names. What I really want to know, although this is good information, we can use this. But what I really want to know is what what different kind of things did you did you showcase to to the clients? You know, that's the most important part. What were the innovations that you had on display? So, for instance, we had a couple of uh, startups here. One startup uh, they had a called brand new brand. Um, they have product called Vifido, and that is a kind of an Alexa, but it also has a camera in it, and it also has four different modules that you can put in, so it's a piece of hardware. But the interesting stuff with it, it's it's bi-directional, so you can use it for both sound and video in in both both directions. Uh, And of course, it's meant for not just for us and Alexa, uh, it's also meant for security and for having calls uh, and so on automatically over various uh, sources. So it's it. Yeah. So that was one of them. But did they use, uh, are, are they using because you you immediately intrigue me like you always do? Uh, what was the what's the platform that they use behind it? So it's connected to to uh, Amazon. Uh, do they use the Alexa skills or? Or did they create their own platform? No, today, 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 today is only basically hardware. 
So oh. these are hardware guys doing this. Okay. Really interesting. Then what they say, hey, they wanted us. So we did uh, a small little lap so we can control it and we can do some things on our end. So just a proof of concept kind of thing, helping them with some UIs. So it was a perfect moment where we they came within a brilliant hardware platform and we did some magic on the software end and then we, we showcased that for clients coming in. It's not by all means done. It's just, it's a good start. Johan, the, so so uh, now you got me. I'm really interested. Is is there is there a software platform already behind it? Uh, are they using Alexa or Google or or is that open or so 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 how does it work? No, it's an open platform. I mean that that's a cool thing about this. They can come in with a great hardware platform that they have designed. They have used some designers in Denmark to make it pretty. You know. Bang Olufsen, that the kind that kind of of the feet, touch and feel of it, so a little bit more premium kind of of, of hardware. Um, but the software, the software is something that they needed our help with. So what we did was we did a short proof of concept and some UIs on a mobile phone, and then we used that for um, again for a showcase for the customer, seeing hey we we didn't put much time into the platform and the software of part of it. Um, and that's of course that's the magic. Okay, cool. So, what and what other things uh, did you uh, did you show? We also showed the magic mirror from uh, Society. Have you heard about that? I've seen it. You've but seen you it. Expl- yeah, perhaps you should see it. Uh, explain it to people, of course, that have not seen it yet. Yeah, the, the magic mirror is all about having a mirror that actually recognizes your face. And then uh, with this on the screen, you can then project, or you can use that as a, as a screen at the same time. So it's just not just a mirror, and that's of course the magical with it. Yeah, actually, well, actually, yesterday evening uh, uh, I went back to the Netherlands again because I gave a keynote for a retail masterclass. And actually, this whole facial recognition and and what to do with it and how you can potentially you know customize some of the advertisement based on it, but also like you know really control. Uh, the mirror in the end uh, with gestures, etc. I think there is a there is a big opportunity uh, on that. But I think it's also how do you bring it to the to the market space? I, I don't think that people people need to get a little bit acquainted with it uh, before they think like you know what the hell are you doing with my privacy again? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I guess that's the week of it. You're right. Uh, have you get got an any mails about GDPR this week? Oh, it was beautiful. I wanted to touch base on that. So this is there, there can't be a better bridge. No. What happened in the past few days? It is amazing. I think the European Union really sparked off something yeah. here because indeed, you know, every I did not know how how many companies actually own my uh, my email. I think I already this is this is unsubscribe festival. <laughs> I already unsubscribed. I think for thirty thirty thousand uh, <laughs> different kind of emails. <laughs> Did you have to say, or did you hear something about it in the marketplace? Yeah, of course. I mean, it's been it's been overwhelming in the last couple of days. So I guess by Monday it's going to be just quiet, right? No emails, nothing, because we unsubscribed from everything, or did we? Well, I, I think this is what we call in the Netherlands like a cold shower. Like you know, you were you were really <laughs> excited about all the attention that you got from all the people, and then yeah. from Monday. You will not get attention anymore. <laughs> so every, everybody thinks they're very happy right now because they can unsubscribe. I think everybody will, like you know, be depressed next week because, like, where are my emails? Where are my emails? Nobody, nobody likes me anymore. <laughs> and where is my client? Yeah, that's 
That is kind of interesting, right? Will this affect customers today? What do you think? I mean, not today, but next week when 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 they when they can't push out their marketing messages anymore because everyone has to subscribe from all the emails and so on. Well, I have been thinking about it because there's a very good question indeed about the, the uh, behind the jokes that we made. Um, if you look at it, is one thing I think will happen is that people. The good thing from GDPR and uh, and the spur of emails that it triggered this week really made sure people became aware of how many uh, uh, companies uh, have uh, got obtained their data. So yeah. about bringing awareness of people, be careful if you opt in on everything. Like you know, this is this is the diarrhea of emails <laughs> that you will get on a daily basis. <laughs> I think the second thing that it also caused is uh, is that that you really start becoming aware again of what do I value, yes or no, because actually a lot of my emails that I get, and probably it's because I I, I engaged uh, on platforms for for uh, seminars or whatever, but I get so many invitations to conferences and seminars, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. and and I just you know I always just deleted them. But I always became yeah. very uncomfortable when I opened my email in the morning and I saw that I had, you know, 40 new emails. And instead of taking the time to unsubscribe them because it's not really convenient to do on your mobile, et cetera, et cetera, you just kept them in. And I think now yeah. at least those companies where I really have an interest in, they know they can target me. So on the one hand, I think it's not a good thing because, you know, a lot of people opted out. On the other hand, the ones that did not opt out, you know, you have a connection with. So, so mm. it will be very interesting to see, you know, what what happened. But I, I definitely know. I think the conference business will get another hit, hit <laughs> because I, I yeah. will not be the only one that really massively subscribed to this one. Another angle on it is that it's so different from company to company. Some companies they say, "Oh, now we have a new uh, policy," blah 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 blah. And uh, here you need to click in order to continue to get information from us. And others they say, here's our new policy. If you want to change that, uh, or if you want to unscribe, um, you can get in contact with us, period. So it's kind of making it hard for us, hard in, in a way. Uh, and sometimes they say, you don't need to do anything. You, it's new laws we have, or new uh, policies, but that's it. So we have this, the, that the companies, they, they are kind of, um, making quite, I mean, it's quite different how they uh, think about how to use this. So it's going to be, I think it's going to be really interesting to see what's going to happen now from a European Union point of view. And also, of course, for us as consumers. But it, but it will be interesting. I, actually, I did not do that analysis. You triggered me on that one. But I think you see a difference between between European companies and non-European companies. I think the European yeah. companies were more strict, like, you know, uh, you know, you can opt out or not. And the others were more fake. But the good thing is it triggered now also a big debate in, in, uh, uh, in, in other companies. And uh, yeah, yesterday I heard that Microsoft is also really going to apply the GDPR rules now across the world, not only on European clients. So I think that, that well, that, that, there, is some, uh, there is some hope on that. But on that part, because now we talked a little bit about privacy and security, but of course we also started this debate around uh, voice and voice control. Have you, saw, yep. have you seen the news about that uh, uh, a private conversation was recorded via the Alexa and sent to another user? <laughs> have you heard that story? No, that was a story I haven't heard. Tell yeah. me about it. That was brilliant. Well, apparently there was there was a, a, a people who have an Alexa in the house, 
and uh, and and it, they found out that actually they recorded uh, a, a conversation and it and it got sent out <laughs> to somebody else, <laughs> which is like really okay. really really uh, scary. And it, well, actually, I, I have the article now uh, yeah. in front of me. It's uh, there's a good article on the Verge about it. But uh, a Portland woman identified only as Daniela revealed the old series of events in an interview. Uh, with a local TV station, claiming that an Amazon Echo device recorded a private mm-hmm. conversation between her and her husband and sent the recording to an employee of the husband. Ooh! Oh, my goodness. That was... Yeah, oh. but this is really scary. So, and 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 and, and of course, and a, a spokesperson confirmed this incident, but it appears it was an unusual series of Alexa mistaken conversation as commands rather than Alexa spying on users. The echo woke up during a, to a word in background conversation sounding like Alexa. So apparently, actually, I have this now with my Siri all yeah. the time that my my phone actually starts automatically listening, and I never mentioned Siri. So that's 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 very interesting. And then the subsequent conversation was heard as a send message request. And then at, a, at, at which point Alexa said out loud to whom? Well, apparently they didn't they didn't hear that. But it 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 makes you, you know, so even if it was really properly done, you can see how scary it is. And yesterday yeah. I, had a, I had a nice conversation. There was another uh, Kickstarter project being announced, which really was really good, which actually mm-hmm. which actually is like okay. a, a, a connected to Tupperware. We all know them, of oh, course. Yes. We all visit at Tupperware parties every weekend. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah, every week, right? <laughs> exactly. But now they have Tupperware boxes where there is a there is a little hole in it, and then you can place a little button in it. And the most so so if you if you okay. I don't know you know you 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 bake some broccoli or whatever but you have got leftovers you, you do the leftover in the uh, in the in the Tupperware uh, uh, bucket you put in the, the little ring in the little ring you put the, the the button that you have you hold the button which then automatically connects to Alexa and then you say uh, broccoli and what it actually does to the backbone application of this uh, startup uh, uh, company, which is then uh, apparently working uh, with Tupperware, then the the uh, it 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 stores the time slot of when you put it into the refrigerator, and uh, so you hold the button uh, when you set uh, broccoli. He 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 has uh, 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 wisdom. Of, and store the data on, hey, if you put broccoli, well, broccoli, you know, uh, expiry date of about two days. And and then and then after two yeah. days, it alarms you that you have to eat your broccoli or else you have to throw it away. But it's even but it's even better. So you can also open up an app and then you see it. But also the button starts changing the color. So from green, it slowly goes to orange. Then it goes to red. But the best feature of all is that actually every day, or when you want it, I, I haven't seen it yet, you can you get a a suggestion uh-huh. from the app on what kind of menu you can make with the stuff which is about to expire. Isn't this brilliant? Uh, oh yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> It is so is relevant. Like, you know, I mean, now we're talking innovation, right? Exactly. This is about you know how can I make sure that you know we 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 we, we reduce waste. Uh, but then the thing is, when I told it to my wife, and and well, you know, I've got now an, uh, an a HomePod from Apple because that's the thing that she allows in the house because uh, uh, she thinks that Siri is more secure, which of course is true. But 
she she doesn't allow me to have an Amazon in the kitchen because of this reason of of recording it. But this is of course connected okay. to to Alexa and to Amazon. Yeah. So you know, I said, yeah. I want this, I want this. She said, yeah, it's not going to be in the house. <laughs> I'm not going to put my food on Alexa. <laughs> so I need to work on it. Yeah, cool, you need to work on that. You need to you need to uh, talk to Tim and say, hey, you need to cope with this. Exactly, but but do you see uh, some of the things that happen in the kickoff? This kind of innovative thinking, like you know, leveraging perhaps existing companies, but then combining data which is already out there. Because of course, we know how things expire. We know how we can create menus out of different uh, things. Is this thinking? Did you feel this thinking with the participants, which were also at your opening? Yeah, I did. And I mean, there were so many interesting conversations uh, during the opening. Uh, we we also had some speeches and so on. But the the really interesting thing was, of course, having discussions with investors, with startups, with customers and partners to us that were here, and everyone were mingling for for three four hours. And we, of course, had so many good discussions about what is innovation, why is it so important, what can we do with it, how can we live with it, almost. And I, I mean, and this was a brilliant example and inspired me so much, Frank, to hear that companies out there. Yeah, I will send you the link to the video. The video is brilliant, but uh, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, you want it, but it's expensive still. So we need to come up with a little bit more, uh, less expensive one. Hey, another question that I wanted to do uh, because that was also in the news today, uh, uh, and I know you are a big fan. I'm completely not familiar with the whole concept of gaming, but I know you are a big game fan. Is the news about your Stockholm or Sweden company Epic? What's going on with Epic? Yeah. Well, it's really, really interesting because there is all this buzz around that. We Epic has now started off a new studio here in Stockholm. Uh, and then, of course, we have all the other gaming studios here in Stockholm too. So that means that the uh, ecosystem around gaming and so on is growing even more. Yeah, but it's amazing. I, 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 and what struck me was that they announced that they're going to pay out 100 million uh, euros to to gamers to really make sure, like you know, that the whole concept for uh, for for uh, particularly around. To, to, come on, what's the name? What's the game called? <laughs> now I forget it. Fortnite, of course. Yes. Fortnite. Oh, Fortnite. Yeah, that's a game you don't play, right? I, I don't play it. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, I need to do it, yeah. Oh, Frank, come on. You you need to grow up or, or probably the other way. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but 100, 100 million. And I thought like, you know, how can they earn 100 million? And then I saw an article today where, where they reported that, that, that Epic on Fortnite growed 300 million euros in April only. 300 million euros. How is this possible? I mean, for instance, there were one of the probably the biggest uh, streamer for the moment I, or, no he is the biggest streamer on twitch he's called ninja mm -hmm. um sometimes he, he had a stream quite recently we where he had over half a million of viewers at the same time watching him playing the game and i think every time he streams he has more than hundred thousand viewers mm -hmm. so that's just viewing someone else playing the game and then, of course, when you view that, you see, oh, this guy is so good. I want to be that good. So people get intrigued by looking at what other, are, I mean, and how good they are. 
And I guess that is part of what really they have accomplished. They have Fortnite is such a brilliant game. It really engages people. And it really is that you are a hundred people coming down to on the same map and then trying to be the last one standing. I mean, it's simple as that, actually. Uh, but how you do that? But one of the things that's also intrigued me, like, you know, because now it's so successful and you see this, one of the things that it will also cause is that, you know, the gamification, working together on platforms like this, you know, the user graphics, etc. Like when, 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 whenever, when we had the iPhone, like, you know, a little over 10 years ago, you know, nobody thought about, you know, applications being very easy to download and, you know, automatically upgraded, etc. And then, you know, good user interface, like, you know, everybody loved the blue screens from SAP because it was the best watch was yeah. in the marketplace. But then we get the App Store and all of a sudden, also from the business user perspective, they got a complete different perception on how they want to consume also their business yes. applications. One of the things that, 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 that you taught me also yesterday, that, that these companies and also like Epic, they are not only focusing on games, but actually their game engines can also be applied towards the, the business user. And, and, and if so many people are now having these kind of experience, like with Fortnite, this cannot be stopped anymore. This, this requires us to look differently at the business applications as was the iPhone, the revolution that we had 10 years ago. Do you agree or am I completely off? Of course. I mean, and, and, and funnily enough, we, uh, we have created something called Digital Twin, an application that uh, uh, one of our colleagues in Norway is responsible for and has uh, written, Ken Olling. And he was, of course, at the opening as well. And what has he done? Well, he's done a digital twin in VR, which means that whatever you look in VR is actually what it's not just how it looks, but it's actually happening, whether it is off of probably a second. What engine have they used? Unreal Engine. What engine is Fortnite built on? And from Epic, well, again, it's Unreal Engine. Because what they have done with it is that they have applied it on the enterprise market as well. So actually, yesterday, uh, Steve Brown, Ken, and myself, we went to uh, the Swedish um, Epic or, or Unreal Engine. They had a small little afternoon, evening, where they showcased what they have done in the enterprise segment. And of course, I mean, it's, it's these gaming engines, they are getting so advanced. So of course, we should do something in the enterprise environment as well for visualization of everything from, you know, if you want to buy a new car, um, and for instance, there is this pass, he took an example and the, they have Volkswagen there yesterday as well. So there are over a hundred thousand different possibilities and options with everything from color to wheel to whatever have you and different versions of the car and so on. And of course you as a, um, you want to try that out, right? Because you really want to have the feel of the car, not just. Exactly. Yeah. So it's interesting to see then using then a gaming engine for enterprise use. Cool. Yeah, I had this feeling, so I just wanted to validate it. Well, Johan, it's amazing because we, we actually had the discussion about what happened during the opening and all the things, uh, cool stuff that happened. But we, we touched about, upon really some cool developments that happened this week. But they all could relate it back to all the things that you have done in the opening of, uh, of Stockholm, which probably is not a coincidence. Yeah. 
No, well, maybe not. No, well, it was a pleasure again to uh, to to have this podcast with you. I'm really looking forward to the next one again, and I know uh, a lot of you uh, listeners also uh, also do because we get a lot of uh, feedback. If you have some topics that you want to have our opinion on, or that you want to uh, uh, have discussions on, or input. Uh, always uh, you can contact us uh, please contact me on Twitter on at FWAMES Johan where can people find you? They find me on Twitter as well apparently and it's at Johan Halberg well excellent so we'll send in your ideas uh, and if not then next time Johan and I will just take it off with our inspiration that we have gotten and, uh, and uh, received during the week for now I wish you an excellent weekend Johan thank you so much and uh, will it be a barbecue for you as well this weekend? It very much might be so. At least it will be a, a run with the bike. Well, excellent. Sure. Well, stay safe to, to our listeners and see you and hear you again in the next podcast. Thank you very much. 